You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. your Bibles, please, the book of Luke, Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 23, and we continue our series on, uh, I think this is lesson or message eight, if I'm not mistaken, it's in the bulletin there on prayers in the Bible, and today we look at a prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ, Luke chapter 23, and I'm going to ask you to begin reading in verse 27, 27, Luke 23, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third book in the New Testament. Luke was a medical doctor, Dr. Luke, and uh, he traveled with, of course, uh, the great patriarchs of the faith. But Luke chapter 23, verse 20, uh, 27, if you'll begin there, let's stay together. Pause at the commas and the semicolons and periods. And uh, let's le- read a little while here. I, I, I think I'll have you read to about verse 38, but let's just begin in 27. Ready? Begin. And there followed him. And one of the malefactors, which is hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. A name undoubtedly, or perhaps several names, 
or an event is going to come to your mind when I ask you this question. It will probably be an individual. Who in life, who is it in your life that is holding you back because you have not found it in your heart to forgive that person? The vast majority of people living today are living with some bitterness in their heart towards somebody. Who is it today? You said, my life can, my life can pivot from that moment right there. I realize that this happened on this day. It could be a parent. Uh, your dad, perhaps, walked out. I've passed it here long enough these 43 years to know that many people are angry at a father or mother. She walked out. He walked out. I'm so mad at my dad. I've had it said in these years, I'd kill my dad if I had an opportunity. I, wanted, I never want to see my mother again. I'm so angry at my mother. Is it your dad? Is it your mother? Perhaps that's why you don't go see the marker where your dad or your mother lie because you say, I'm so mad. I don't care what happens. Let the weeds grow over. I could care less. I hate him. Perhaps it's not that they walked out. Perhaps you're bitter because your parent passed away. You might be bitter at God. I mentioned Wednesday night, I don't like this part of my wife's testimony because she's the best Christian I've ever met. But 45 years, 48 years ago this last week, as a young mother, 45 years of age, a preacher's wife with eight kids, God took her mother home with cancer. As a 45-year-old lady, my wife will tell you, though she wrote a beautiful poem for her mother's funeral, though her dad preached his own wife's funeral, and, and, and though she was there and, and she cared for the family, a, a little a bit of bitterness came into her heart for a few months. The bitterness began to eat at her. Still was a my estimation, the best person I've ever met in my life. Is it a dad? Is it a mother? Is it because they walked out or because they died or, or whatever the case might have been? Is it a parent that is cold? I've had people say, I'm so bitter at my dad. My dad never said he loved me. I probably was 50 years of age before I ever heard my dad say that. And my dad loved me dearly. He lived, I was his pastor for 33 years. My mother and dad were great people. They're just the old, my mother would say, my dad was just an old German. He didn't run around, oh, I love you, I love you. My sweet father-in-law is 94 years of age, I believe. He might be watching right now, pastor the same church 57 years. I don't know. Father-in-law, I don't know if you've ever told me you love me. I'm having an emotional trauma over this. He's an old Swede. You don't do that. Just wait. I'll say, hey, Dad, I love you. Thank you. Well, it's like telling your wife, I love you, or you tell your husband, I love you, and good. Great. Fine. It, it's very exciting. Some of you are all hung up. My, my dad never said it. Well, get over it. Well, my mother, I know. Or some are 
angry and bitter at your sister or your brother. Some are angry at an uncle or an aunt or your home was destructive. Some are angry at themselves because of sin and because of pride and because the events of life have not worked out like you wanted them to work out. And if you're not careful, you get bitter in life and, and God says that that bitterness, Hebrews chapter 12, will thereby affect and uh, inf infect many. Who is it in life you must forgive? It might be yourself. How could I have ever done that? How could I have ever sinned like that or said what I said or do, do, I did what I did? How, how could, I can't forgive myself. Years ago, I told you about a young man that he had gotten out of prison, but as about an 18-year-old boy, he killed his father. And I'll never forget that morning when he was released from jail and he was walking and I was downstairs in the basement of the church in the Midwest there and I was cleaning the floors and he walked in about 46 years ago, I guess, and he said, uh, he walked all the way down to the end of the building, down in the basement, said, you know who I am? I said, yes, I know who you are. He said, don't tell me God can save me because I killed my own father. I wonder, is it you, yourself? You, I have to forgive myself what I did to my mate, to my children, my parents, to God? Most everybody in life has someone or some people you need to come to the point and Father, forgive them. Or forgive me. My Bible says Jesus is hanging on the cross. And he prays to the Father in verse 34. Then said Jesus, three words, would you read them with me? Ready, begin. Father, forgive them. Say it again, please. Father, forgive them. I love that word forgive. It means to, to remit or completely cancel. Completely cancel. How could my son do this to me? How could my daughter do this to me? How could my mate do this? How could my mother do this? How could my dad do this? Father, from a cross, dying without sin, he who knew no sin, he became sin for us. He was not dying for his sin. He was dying for their sin and for my sin. And they began to rail on him and accuse him. And even on the cross, he's hung between two malefactors, one a criminal here, one a criminal there. And this one began to mock. And he said, this one here, he says, we deserve. But this man has done nothing. And he cried out to God and experienced forgiveness that day. Who in life is it that needs forgiveness? I want you to see would you see with me this? You say, I, I, I would forgive, but the pain is so great. Jesus forgave when he was suffering. He wasn't forgiving when everything was great. Notice what the Bible says, if you will, please. Verse 32. When there came to the place called Calvary, they crucified him. They just did not kill, they crucified him. 
crucifixion and they're parting the next verse his garments crucifixion after they scourged him they tie a person to a pole with their hands behind the pole exposing all their inward parts the vital organs a man would take a whip you know the story of the cattle nine tails had nine little leather leather straps and they'd put bone or they'd put sharp rocks on those nine straps and they'd put the person tied to the pole and then they'd come and that pole would be flung and would wrap around and then they'd jerk those leather straps and nine, nine stripes would come across a person's his, his stomach and they did it 39 times. Literally, a person many times would die because their organs would begin to fall out. They planted a crown of thorns and beat those thorns upon his brow. He started came that cross to Calvary. And an Ethiopian, a black man, came and he took that cross and carried the rest away. There's so much social unrest in this country, man against man and women against women and men and women against one another, race against race. Only Christ is going to stop that nonsense. And here's this man came and he carried the cross of this one Jesus and then they laid him down on that cross and they pounded the nails between his legs and they crossed him and, and his arms so they could, his hands so they could pull up and breathe. And in the midst of all this pain and suffering, he said, Father, forgive them. Their actions could have caused the Son of God to be angry. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he said, Father, for this cause came I into this world. This is why I'm here to die for these people for their sin. So I, I'd forgive, but I'm suffering so much. The situation with my son or the situation with my daughter or the situation with my mother, the situation with my dad, I'm suffering so much. It caused me sleepless nights. It's caused me weariness and heartache. I'm just so brokenhearted over all that's going on. I cannot forgive. I cannot forgive God. I had the joy of praying this morning with Brother Manuel back here, Maria. Oh, I've been their friends. They've been my members of this church for their whole lives. I mean, so many years. And there's Manuel. Uh, two weeks ago, got the news. Four, stage four cancer. The chemo's begun. Yet the sweetness of out here in the front just gathering around and praying. Chemo affects everybody differently. The man is not sleeping. By the way, you know what I'm talking about. You encouraged me so much with the cancer recently. He said, God's been so good. Thank you for the prayers. I want to say for tonight, tonight, you can get mad at God, but in your sufferings, you can turn to God. And I've pastored people for a lifetime that have turned to God. But oh, Brother Van Dyke, the sorrow when people turn away from God and they get mad at God. I mentioned a few weeks ago, I remember their boy, 39, went in the hospital, was healthy, 
And all of a sudden, in the middle of the, uh, 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 in the stay at the hospital, he, he died suddenly, left two girls. We to this day don't understand that. I go to his grave marker, I can't understand why God took Billy. I think of old Rick, Carilla out here, laying in a cemetery, 39 years of age, great bus captain. God took him, and on and on it goes. And if we're not careful, when events happen in our lives, we get bitter, and we get angry. And God says, you need to forgive, you need to cancel it. It needs to say, I, I'm not gonna harm it, but I'm suffering. So did he when he prayed the prayer, Father, forgive. I read the account of a young boy that had broken his father's heart, caused his dad such grief. Such grief. And that dad would spend many sleepless nights praying for his wayward prodigal son. His son came back to dad and came back to the Lord. It was a miracle testimony. And you know that that dad became very sick, was dying. And his son came in and said, Dad, Dad, could you ever? He'd already gotten it right with God. He'd already gotten right with his dad. But he said, Dad, could you ever forgive me? I, you're going, you're slipping away. I want to lose you, and I just have such guilt. Please, Dad. Could you forgive me? And the father said, son, very weak. Forgive you for what? He said, father, for all the things I've done, the wrongs I've done, the disgrace I brought you, the heartache I brought you, could you ever forgive me? And that father, with as much strength as he could have, he looked at his son and said, son, I have no idea what you're talking about. It already forgiven him. If you will not be willing to cancel it, you haven't forgiven it. It's done. It's over. Oh, you kept me. The scar might last, but friend, it doesn't mean that you have to keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up. Here's Jesus on the cross. He's suffering. I see, secondly, the forgiveness. Forgiveness. Is always needed when you have done something wrong. My Bible says this man, verse 41, said, I've done wrong. It's, I, I need forgiving. Today, do you have to forgive someone or do you need the forgiveness? To watch my sweet father die last year and my sweet mother two years before that, I wasn't a perfect son. I'm glad I didn't have to crawl in the bed with my dad and pull him up like I've seen in the old auditorium of a mother that was in a casket and that boy pulled her up and he said, now mother, he was probably 50-some years old, I'm so sorry. Please, mother, forgive me. Too late. It's too late. I don't know the couple. But one of our listeners called in and on Friday on the radio broadcast and they said, pray for this young couple. And we pulled their picture off. Serving the Lord in the New England states. I've been praying for that young man. His wife, the car broke down. She was on a, on a, a lane that was 
off the road where she's supposed to have been when the vehicles break down and she was there holding the little, the little boy in her arms. And somehow, some accident, she was killed instantly. Just a young, pretty little girl, a mother too. And the boy was taken to trauma. He's in emergency ICU. I don't know what's happened since then. We've tried to follow up on it. I don't know what that young preacher boy is going through with this little boy that's left behind, I think a two-year-old. But the heartache that's awaiting that, that's awaited that boy and the sorrow that's ahead of him, he's going to have to realize there has to be forgiveness. There has to be a, rem, a, a remitting. I, I forgive you. I cancel it. We're back at the family farm and Illinois and I was driving down the old Kishwaukee and got ready to turn on Scott Road where my wife and her sister who just sang have grown up. And that's where our niece, 23 years of age, right there on the country road turning into with her dad and brother going home after church Sunday morning. Driver behind him was careless and rearing in him when killed our niece. Jennifer. It's been years now, several years, many years. I said, you ever see Dwayne, my brother-in-law, you ever see that man? He goes, I've seen him. He said, Jack, I had to come to a point where I had to forgive him. What is it in life that our Lord, our Lord is saying, I forgive you. Someone needs the forgiveness that they're awaiting and they were the one that wronged you. You gotta be able to say, I'm, I'm sorry what's been happened, but I tell you, today, son, today, daughter, today, I, on my part, I forgive you. I love you so much, I forgive you. Would you notice with me in the Bible there, at, at number three, you forgive when it hurts, verse 36. And the soldiers mocked him, coming to him, offering him vinegar. When, 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 when it hurts, we live in an angry world. Verse 35, 36, 37, 39. And he said, Father, forgive them. It is a, it's an angry world today. Whether this is true or not, I don't know. I've not seen one television news clip over the last two weeks. I've seen things on the phone. I understand that I heard it in my car radio. Sometimes I wonder if we're very close to a civil war on the streets here. The hatred, the venom is so high right now. Someone suggested a constitutional convention. You know what I suggest? God's people turning back to God. God's people, my people, which are called by my name. You know, revival can only come when God's people get right with one another. Father, forgive us. It begins in this room. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Many of my preacher friends that go through difficult, we all have difficulties. God's people here made it such a blessing. We've not had a church split or deacons walk out. We've had people come and go. That's part of life. 
But can I tell you something? So what friends, what they're putting up with right now. This man or this lady or this couple get all stirred up and they stir up others. What are you doing hurting the work of God? What are you thinking in God's dear name? What are you thinking? And invariably I'll say, dear pastor friend, the only hope you have is to completely cancel it. You cannot spin your life from bitterness and hatred. Sometimes people can do things that are so hard, so hurtful. People can lie against one another. Now you can get a platform called Facebook or whatever it is, social media, and you can post anything you want and you don't even have to prove it's true and you have a following. There has to be, Father, forgive us. There'll never be revival at Great North Valley Baptist Church without a willingness to forgive one another. I've never recommended our people to do business dealings with one another. It seems like it always winds up and hurt. Sometimes you don't heed that advice and then you find out that things go wrong and you're upset with one another. There has to be a point in your life you say, Father, forgive. And most of the time, most of the time, most of the time, it's over money. Follow the money trail. You've heard it till I'm blue in the face, but I watched my dad get ripped off in business. And I watched him pay all the debts of all the partners, and he never said a negative word. Father, Forgive them. Sunnyvale over here, several years ago, uh, neighbors, they got spatting against one another. Right here, and just the next city over. And so the, the one neighbor put an extra foot on the fence. It angered the other neighbor, so he put another foot on. It angered the original neighbor, so he put another foot on. They kept raising that fence because they didn't want to see one another. You know what would have been better had they allowed God to tear down the pride of their stinking hearts and say, we're not right. They said, Master, what is the great commandment? And he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. The second is like unto the first, Matthew 22, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Perhaps the anger today, perhaps this, the, the, the sin is the anger of a neighbor or an anger of a relative or anger of another church member. In closing, I want you to see verse number 27 and 28. You forgive when Jesus forgave when he could not clear his name of the false charges. There followed him a great, verse 27, company of people, women which bewailed, lamented him. And Jesus turned unto them, weep not for me, weep for yourselves. Why? Because these, those Jews that were around were consenting unto his death. And it was Jesus that paid for the sin of mankind. He was falsely accused. They even paid hush money. 
And, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Let me ask you, when was the last time you had an answer to prayer? Perhaps God cannot answer our prayers, not because God is limited, but we limit them because it's all plugged in up. That channel that should be clear flowing, it's all plugged up with a bitter, unforgiving spirit. I will not forgive. It wasn't me. Forgiveness begins with our relationship with God. God reached down and saved my sorry soul so many years ago, just about 15 minutes from here. I was a boy. I didn't know all what took place, but I knew I got saved. And after Viva Morning Star led me to Christ that Sunday night, I walked out of that little building and the first person I saw was my dad. I remember walking down the aisle. I felt like the whole world was lifted off my shoulders and kneeling and praying in a little choir loft with just a few chairs and praying and asking Christ to save me, cleanse me of my sin, forgive me. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I saw my dad, I was like a, I felt like I was clean. I didn't realize I'd still sin again. But I did know that night that I was saved. May I say to you, forgiveness begins with this relationship. And if this relationship does not experience forgiveness from man to God, God forgiving us of all of our transgressions, then we won't be able to forgive this way properly. Why is the world so full of hate? because they've not had this relationship. We're told that 50% of millennials this week now believe in America, the answer for America is socialism, which is a twin sister to communism, which says you have no rights, you cannot own property, and yet we've been duped for so many 50-some years in our schools and longer that there is no God. That we even believe that you could take a baby where the safest place in all the world should be the mother's womb and butcher it up and kill it. And we're so angry at God because God doesn't exist. This whole world's been taught. And God's done me wrong. But until we get this right, we won't get this right. And when we're not right, maybe I got saved, but maybe you got saved, became born again, but you've drifted away from God, and now because you're away from God, this is not right. We have new students in our school, and one of our new little girls in the high school, you'll probably know who I'm speaking about, it's all positive. I was so blessed because I've been worried as she adapting and and she has just been so sweet. You just see the radiance on her face. And she told our principal, her mother did, and I believe her dad, I'm not sure about that, but the girls of our school have been so kind and so welcoming. I've watched it in chapel. I preach on Wednesdays. She's part of the whole family. The kids that are so full of themselves cannot let anybody else in. This is our club. You don't belong here. 
to our sweet girls and to the young men, not just that student, but others. The new kid of the block is our friend. Your neighbors, whoever it might be, they may not look like you, act like you, walk like you, talk like you, dress like you. They may not go to church like you. But oh, the need of this country right now as we learn forgiveness with God and forgiveness with man. A 19-year-old boy, his name was Al Johnson. Al is a teenager, 19 years of age, had two friends, and his two friends said, let's go rob this bank in Kansas. And they decided together to rob the bank. They made the getaway, 19-year-old boy. Some weeks later, the two accomplices that were with him, no one got hurt. The teller did not get hurt. The manager of the bank, the president of the bank did not get hurt. But they got away. And two weeks later, those, not those two boys, but two other men were driving a vehicle and they died in an awful accident. The banker mistakenly ID'd them as the two criminals that got away. Al Johnson lived with that for years. Al Johnson tried to reform his life and he posed himself as a Christian. He met a sweet, godly Christian girl. He learned all the illustrations and all the vocabulary to pass himself off as a good Christian. And they married. One day, someone passed him a gospel track that you can know that you can be born again and have your sins forgiven. He read that track and came under deep conviction of his sin, yes, but of the bank robbery as well. He wrestled with that. Do I tell my, my sweet wife? Do I tell her dad? Do I tell my pastor? Do I tell the authorities? I finally have what I've never had, a, a wife and a home, and, and, and I, I have it all going together right now. And I'm going to church, and I love it. But this thing is eating my lunch. I need to know forgiveness. He went to his wife. He said, I must confess something to you, and he confessed the story. He confessed it to her family. Though he battled, he went to the authorities and said, I'm the man you're looking for. They said, Al, the statutes of limitations at that time had run out. You'll not have to serve time. He said, where's the money? He said, I don't know. I never had part of the money. I was part of the crime. How much was it? And he found out how much it was. He became a successful businessman and began to make payments and paid it back and paid that back everything that the other fellows took. He became an outstanding Christian and fathered three children that, that wonderful kids lived for God. And he said it all took place that day finally when I realized 
Al Johnson was going to hell and Al Johnson needed to get saved and in order to get saved, I had to confess to God I was a sinner and then once I got saved, the Spirit of God said, deal with this. What is it today? What is it today? I'm talking about you're right on the verge of saying this morning, I want to get it right with God. Salvation, I want to get my sin forgiven or my wife or with my husband or with my ex or with my father-in-law or mother-in-law or my brother or my sister or co-worker. I've got to get it right. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Cancel it. But I'm suffering, I know. He was suffering. What are you suffering with today? It might be the sin of another. It might be you're suffering with your own sin. You just are too proud to get it right. Our Father, this morning, I love these people so much. I'm so very grateful for who they are, what they mean to me personally. I'm thankful we have such a wonderful church. God, as we think of our lives and oh please spirit of God right now move on the hearts of people please God it could be the moment of turning getting things settled that we understand oh how important it is to have and experience forgiveness cancel it thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve him this week.